There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is our Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each and every one of you that listen, those of you tuning in. We certainly hope on this Thanksgiving Day, those of you that have chosen to tune into the podcast, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Surround yourself with family, friends, the saints of God. Just enjoy the day. For those of you that are listening a little bit later on, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We're recording this, of course, before Thanksgiving. Looking forward to that great day. Again, one of my two favorite holidays of the year. We thank the Lord for this time of remembrance. I was listening to a uh, thing on the radio just yesterday about the pilgrims and God's providence in bringing the pilgrims to this land and then the safety God gave them, of course, is their meeting King Samoset and then, of course, later on Squanto and uh, guiding them even into the harbor there at Plymouth and just the things that God did for them. And what a marvel of this, what a joy it brought to my heart to realize that God providentially gave us this land a place of religious freedom, a place where the word of God could go forth with liberty. And we certainly want to thank the Lord for that. I want to thank the Lord for his mercy. I want to thank the Lord for his kindness to us. I want to thank the Lord for his goodness. The Lord is good and doeth good. We know the goodness of God leadeth into repentance. And I've said on this podcast said many times, I was mistaken about that for many years. I didn't quite have full understanding. And God just showed me that verse in Psalm 119. The Lord is good and doeth good. And I realized that is the goodness of God. It's the nature of God to be good. It's the very character of God to be good and to do good. He does good to all men. He reigns on the just. He reigns on the unjust. He feeds the wicked. And yet God in his mercy has sent his son to die. God in his mercy has sent his son uh, to be the sacrifice for our sins, to pay our sin debt. And God in his mercy did that for you and for me, but also not just for us, but for the sins of the whole world. He is a propitiation for our sins. And I thank God for that. But more so, I thank God I got in on whosoever. I've always heard folks do that thing. I heard Oliver Green years ago do that on the radio, where he says, put your name in there, you know, for God so loved, and you put your name, Tim McVeigh. But you know, the reality is I got in on God so loved the world. That's how I got in, that he gave his only begotten son, because that's a whosoever will gospel. That's not a personal gospel. It's a whosoever will gospel. And yet in that, he personally died for me. And in that, he personally died for you, gave his life for you. And yet, my friend, the goodness of God, and thank God for his providence. Thank God for that religious freedom. When John Clark went over there and petitioned the king, got that Rhode Island charter, the first document known in the history of mankind to give religious freedom and the practice thereof and how we thank God for that, how we rejoice in the goodness of God in doing that, that this land might have a place that the King James Bible could spread, the King James Bible could be preached, the King James Bible could be taken to every nation in this world and America has done that. Many nations have hardened themselves against God, hardened themselves against the truth. Our nation is becoming a hardened nation. 
Uh, the, the nation of the United States is hardening themselves against God. God has turned us over to that reprobate mind. The Supreme Court has ruled that it's okay to kill babies in the womb. They've ruled that it's okay for two men to come together and call it marriage. They've ruled that two women can come together and call it marriage. They've abolished the death penalty. Men commit heinous crimes and get the minimum sentence. We're in a vile and a wicked day, but it doesn't change the mercy of God. It's still a whosoever will gospel. He came to save sinners. I thank God I got in on that whosoever will. I thank God he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So this Thanksgiving season, why don't you just remember that? Why don't you just give God praise? Lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt and just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The question of praise came up recently and somebody asked me about praise. And I said, well, there's a couple of things. One, praise is comely. It's a beautiful thing. The Lord loves praise. He loves the praise of his saints. He loves to hear his children praise and adore him. Secondly, he inhabiteth the praises of Israel. In Psalm 22, I believe that's verse 2, possibly verse 3. But he inhabits that praise. And if he did that for Israel, I love what the old preacher man said many years ago. If he does that for Israel, how much more will he do that for his church? Oh, how men ought to praise the Lord for his goodness. And we ought to praise him for his wonderful works to the children of men. And you ought to audibly praise the Lord. That can be done in song, yes. That can be done in the congregation, yes. But in that congregation of the righteous, somebody ought now and then just to praise his name. And I've used the thing many years now about testabalones, and yet I still hear testabalones. In the places I preach the most, I hear the most testabalones. That's what I've done, what I've done, what I've done. And all about me, and all about my troubles, and all about my woes, and all about what I've accomplished. And very little about the Lord. And I want to thank God for what he's done for me. I want to thank God for his dear son. Because he didn't just do it for me. He did it for the whole world. He died for the sins of the world. And my friend, if you'll come to whosoever will, and you'll come on that credential and that credential alone, you can find eternal life in Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19, verse 23, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus Christ is speaking of. That rich young man has gone away from him. He's walked away because of those things. And here's what the Lord said in the first Timothy chapter six and verse six. It's interesting. It's Timothy six, six, but that's just throwing that out there for some of you that like those things. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You say, why is it six, six? Because the next verse, he goes on here and he begins to speak. We brought nothing to this world. Assert we can carry nothing out. That's man. That's a verse for man. That's a verse for the sons of man. That they might see exactly what God has done. And they might see that there's nothing in us. There's nothing in us worth anything. There's nothing in us that amounts to a hill of beans, if you will. But it's godliness with contentment. And my friend, if we'll live in godliness, we'll be content. I believe that as much as I'm sitting here today. If we will be godly, we'll be content. We brought nothing in, we'll carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And he said, but they that will be rich, and there's the problem. They that will be rich, it's their choice. It's their conscious choice. They make a decision. They will or they will not be rich or they will or they will not be poor. But they make that choice. They will be rich. One of the things I learned in this Christian life, when I willed to go ahead and live in poverty, to live poor if need be, God prospered me. And I don't mean financially, just in other things. The miracles of God I've seen, the blessings of God we've seen, the bills that God has paid, the finances God has taken care of, the insurances God has given us. 
And all of those things, we just see that. Why? Because I believe many years ago when I surrendered to go into evangelism, I made a choice. My will was to go ahead and just give everything. And I got rid of all my finances, got rid of my job. God put me in the ministry of evangelism. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm giving God all the glory, all the praise. How dare I stand and act like it was anything of me? And I walked away from all those things of the finances and the steadiness of a job and under the ridicule and under the persecution, even some of the saints of God. Why don't you get a job? Why don't you do this? Why don't you just go do this? I think some churches just got tired of trying to give handouts to an evangelist that literally at times had no money for gas and no money for food. And they got wearied with that. Rather than see the blessing they could have been, they got wearied with someone that had no money and had no food. It's a reproach to most churches. It's a reproach to most people. But the problem is they that will be rich. They want to be rich. They desire to be rich. And here's what he said of those. They fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's what those foolish and hurtful lusts do. They drown men in destruction and perdition. And what drives them to that? That will to be rich. That decision to be rich. That want to be rich. That want to have something. I've watched folks come out of poverty and all they want is just to be successful and to be rich. I've watched folks born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And I've watched them where they could care less about money. And I've watched the saints of God get so snared in that perdition, so snared in that awful idea that I will be rich. I will have my finances. And listen, I've said some strong things in this podcast, offended some, hurt some people's feelings. But Dave Ramsey does not teach providential giving. And my friend, you can use him as a guide to help you with finances. You can teach financial stability. But I've learned one of the keys to this Christian life is learning how to give and learning how to be a blessing to others. And learning if God prospers you to look to that one that you can prosper, that God in his kindness might prosper us again, that God in his goodness might prosper us again. The verse that I use to go into evangelism, and a lot of folks would be skeptical of this, and it doesn't phase me one bit, but it was given, it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall man give into your bosom. I sat there, I in this thing of evangelism, I in this thing of going on the road preaching, the call of God heavy upon my heart. But I had a promise of God. And when I prospered financially in the things of this world and the affairs of this world, I tried to give. I tried to be a help. I tried to be a blessing. And I clung to that verse when I went out there in poverty, went out on the road seeking the will of God, walked away from all that I knew and all that men would say is success and all that men would say that men would really just give themselves to try to obtain. And I was able to walk away to God be the glory. I don't want to give a test of baloney to God be all praise, honor, and glory and bless his holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The love of money is the root of all evil. And my friend, if you start loving that money, you're going to find yourselves in trouble. He said, which while some covenant after, what's that? That love of money. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And all oh, my friend, if we'd realize that that's what causes a man's sorrow, it's not poverty that causes sorrow. It's riches that cause sorrow. Why? Because covetousness comes in. And when you're covetous, my friend, you're always longing for, always looking for. I watch people that are on the brink of losing everything and they still are covetous. They don't have the money. They don't have their home paid. They don't have this paid. They don't have this bill. And they got all these problems and they still are covetous. They want more. They can't stop shopping. They can't stop buying. They can't stop looking. They can't stop lusting. 
And yet, God in his kindness and God in his mercy uh, wants you to will what he wants. And it's not his will for you to be rich. I can guarantee it's not God's will for you to be rich. God doesn't look at the saint of God and say, you know what? I want to make that man rich. I want to make that man like Abraham. Of course, you know, the good old prayer of Jabez. You know, folks say, you know, just pray this prayer. God will prosper you. What they mean is God will give you wealth and riches. Listen, the wealth that comes from Jesus Christ is not the wealth this world knows. And my friend, as many have been snared, many have been caught up in this, but it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, and that is literal. You can go about the needle gate and all that silliness all you want, go back to some odd, strange thing that some fundamentalist taught 40 years ago and try to cling to that. No, but it's literal because it's easier for them to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man or kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God. Oh, thank God, but with God all things are possible. And my friend, even a rich man can be saved. Even a man of great wealth can be saved. Even a man who's uh, sought his whole life trying to attain wealth and trying to obtain savings and trying to obtain gold and silver, even that man can be saved. You know why? Because with God, it's not impossible. He can save from the guttermost to the uttermost, my friend. And then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have, therefore? And what a statement. Oh, glory be to God. If I had more people say, I've forsaken all to follow Jesus Christ. I've forsaken lands and houses and parents. And I've forsaken all to follow him. To God be the glory. What a day that would be. If the saints of God would just forsake all and follow him. And watch God prosper them. And it wouldn't be in the finances. It wouldn't be in the bank account. God would prosper them in ways they never knew they could prosper. If they would just submit that to him. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, he also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. They paid the price. And by the way, those same men speaking, Peter himself paid a great price to follow Jesus Christ. But one of these days, they're going to rule with him. They're going to reign with him. If we suffer with him now, he's going to also reign with him. And my friend, if you're willing to suffer for the cause of Christ, there's great reward. If you're willing to sacrifice for him, there's great reward. If you're willing to give all, there is great reward in being a follower of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and tells them in verse 29, And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. And then here's a great statement that he makes in that verse, and shall inherit everlasting life. What is everlasting life? It's a life that has a beginning, but it never ends. What is that beginning? That life is in Christ. He gives everlasting life. Who does he give everlasting life to? Those that believe on his name. Those that have sacrificed to follow him. Those that have taken the reproach of being a follower of Jesus Christ and have borne his name. They said, I'll follow him no matter what the cost. I'll forsake houses, lands, father, mother, brother, sister. No man will have affairs over me. No man will have power over me. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And oh, what a great reward he gives them, everlasting life. And my friend, one of the great joys is knowing that everlasting life. Again, the old preacher man, Brother Sammy, many years ago said, he said, how long are we going to live? He said, well, don't worry, saints of God, we're just going to live as long as God lives. Thank God for the everlasting life. It's never going to end. That's the reward. That's what we ought to be looking for. In verse 30, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. We judge things according to men. We judge things according to our eyes. We judge things according to our thinking, our reasoning, our intellect. And we don't see things as God does. But those that are first will be last. But he said those that are last, you know what? They're going to be first. 
Why? Because we didn't consider them. We didn't esteem them highly. We didn't consider their gifts and their talents, what God was looking for. You know what God was looking for? Sacrifice. He was looking for those that gave themselves, those that forsook all to follow him. And that's those that shall be first. Blessed be his holy name. Have a great Thanksgiving. Ponder on these things. Lord, we'll be back tomorrow in chapter 20. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.